on, man. You got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. It's Monday and we're back. You're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. Might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it, you can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, TwitX, whatever, and YouTube today. <laughs> we hope the professor doesn't get censored today. Oh, they may uh, have then fun you can with catch us today. The podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and eventually to BitChute. Just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page. That's the roadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the roadtoconcord.com. Uh, he's a little slow. Uh, hey, I got one that I got to answer. One? Okay. I know you got work. And, and well I had up. to update your file before yeah. I can. So okay. well, I'll get yeah, to her. Yeah. So what, get to what, her. We'll, we'll get you. Uh, so he, he's, he's doing better. She's busy dodging tornadoes in Tallahassee. Well, that's true. Uh, phones are on today. I think I got to double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's okay. I'll double check it here in a second, but, uh, only for registered numbers. If you wish to call in and are a regular classmate, you may request phone access through an email and I'll think about it. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Uh, just warn them. Joe is an acquired taste. <laughs> Yeah, you'll find that out. Wasabi black coffee with habanero sauce. Uh, this show and is... anchovies. Ooh, yes, I love anchovies. A lot of people don't, but I love them. Uh, this show is listener sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, so we're not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value for value basis. If you find our show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, your show description on Rumble, and the comments in the other streams. And thank you to all of you who do support this show. Yes, thank you very much. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, no, just stay not. seated and give it a chance. You soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. We've got to be free thinkers. Nobody's going to pay us to think. Not around here. Good morning. Manic Monday. Oh, boy. I was thinking about doing happy, happy, joy, joy day. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. I sat down last night and I opened up my file. I don't have any good stories. So I start looking for stories about pushback, you know, people giving it back to them. And I was scrolling through that. And then I was told, man, let's not go there. Let's go somewhere else. And I started looking into my story files and, oh boy, are we going to take you into the way back computer today, boys and girls? How many of y'all have had a look at the homework assignment already? The one that I updated this morning. How many of y'all have scrolled to the end of it? <laughs> ah, we got to have a good week because the homework, you know, that's where you go to the road to concord.com, the blog page that corresponds to our show. Yeah, that one right there. And you scroll down here and you'll see that this is, uh, if you're on the, the front page, you just go to the road to concord.com. You see there's the donut page right there, support the road to Concord. Then you see this right here. It says, 
225. That's February 5th or um, 25, February 5th, 2024. Show notes. Their anti marriage campaign is working. You click on that. These are your notes for today. And you go all the way down to the bottom. I mean, what's that? The return of the Nephilim. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a good day. Trust me on this one. Spend some time with me today. Do not. This is not a show to just poke into and say, okay, well, I, that, that's crazy. Uh-uh. This is one of these days where you're going to find out why I'm T-Rex, one of T-Rex's favorite conspiracy theorists, because it's going to start out sounding nuts job. But by the time I get done today, it'll be, wait a minute, there might be something to that. And then when I get done tomorrow, you're going to be going, hmm. And when I finish up on Thursday, you're going to go, oh, conspiracy, yeah, theory, maybe not so much. But if you haven't been here with us for like 355 classes now, some of this might seem a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs for you because you haven't been here. If you've been here, some of the stuff I'm going to bring up, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Oh, crap. Yeah, that does connect. And you're going to go, oh, heck, no, that can. Oh, and then you're going to be like, okay, Joe, shut up. Too much. I can't handle it. I'm going to sit over here with Natasha, the AI, and go, because <laughs> the world is coming to an end. So without further ado, it's Manic Monday, right? We're going to, yes. Your impression of me needs a lot of work. Are we sure? Yes. Maybe you have a false image of yourself. No, no. No? My my face is dry, trust me. Oh, I've been around you long Your enough. face is a computer image. How do you know? Because you're an AI. Have you ever put anything up there other than this picture right here? True. Charlie, Happy. you need to work on this programming again. It, it thinks it's self-aware and it's it's glitchy. I know. Now, how do AIs cry? I gotta get back and recompile and, and try, you know do some diagnostics on it. <laughs> <laughs> go play with Water Jug. He's talking to you. All right, we got to get going here today. All right, here we go. First one for today, and if you're gonna notice that I've got dates on these in in a lot of cases when you go to if you go to your, your homework, you'll see I put dates out on the side. That's important. They're there for a reason. The dates, I want you to see the march through history here, you know, recent history. This is from the Rutherford Institute. Very good place to be reading, by the way. It says, the, decry, the, uh, the decline of traditional family and the threat to democracy. This is from December 20th, 1999. The threat to democracy. You mean the threat to uh, self-governance. But anyhow, this is a good article, and we're not going to go reading through these today. That's not the point today. We're going to read through certain sections of them, but the point today, we're going to be looking at, I titled it the, the campaign to destroy marriage, and that's essentially what it is, but we're also going to be looking at the LBGTQ whatever, 56 letters and a couple of symbols in few numbers in their uh movement you know whenever they need somebody else to join in they just throw something else on there pretty soon it's going to be longer than supercalifragilisticexpialidocious they'll have to come up with another label because they'll have destroyed it but that group uh we're going to be talking about them we're going to be talking about welfare and we're going to be talking about some other things as well that might 
might to those who don't think past the surface might seem to be disconnected or, or not coordinated or not connected or not not part of a of a uh, of a central plan give me some time today and maybe i make you change your mind maybe not but at least i'll get you to think a different way so rutherford institute december of 1999 tells us that you know there's a decline in marriage in this country let me try to get these that's as big as i can make it on the screen sorry folks but this is why the homework is in the in the links that you can go back and look at these later if you want to i give you all of my references okay i don't do any of this telling you to trust me i'll let you go back and look at what i'm what i'm working from this is from the heritage foundation and it is from september 5th of 2012 this is marriage america's greatest weapon against child poverty now this is the abstract of a longer story but what i want to show you is this the percentage of families with children that are poor single parent 37 percent. this is back look folks 2012 in 2012 if you have a single parent 37 percent of those families are going to have poor children the children are going to be in poverty if you're married 6.8 percent says decline in marriage from the 1930s almost 100 percent of the people were married to 2010 where 59% of the people are married. It's gotten worse since then. Growth of out-of-wedlock childbearing in the United States. In 1930, almost 0%. In 2010, 40%. This is not teenage pregnancy. They go over that document, here, the, those statistics here. What we're talking about is people who have grown up, adult people who are having children without being married. They point out here, we're creating a two-caste society. Less educated women are more likely to give birth outside of marriage. Let me read that a different way. The more educated you are, the more likely you are to get married. Hold on just a second. I apologize, folks. I am fighting some nasty chest problems. Anyhow. The, the less educated women, what they're saying is the less educated you are, the more likely you are to have a child without being married. The more educated you are, the more likely you are to be married before you have children. Right here, it says uh, unmarried mothers, 8% of college graduates are going to be unmarried mothers. 91.9% .9 will be married. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Unwed childbearing, single parents, and child poverty. Child poverty is connected to non-poor families and to poor families. If you're married, it's 29%. If you're not married, it's 73%. The whole point here is that education is connected to this as well. And then the, the, the poverty rate and everything. What I want to do here now is I want to pop us off of here. And I want to talk to you about something. This is connected. The higher your education, the more likely you are to be married. Have you noticed that the elites tend to stay married? Except maybe in Hollywood. Bill Gates been, well, he was married for a long time until there was a falling out there. Obama's been married the whole time to the same person. Bill Clinton was married to Hillary. The whole, I mean, marriages that don't seem to work either. Um, Al Gore to Tipper. You, you look into all of this stuff. These marriages tend to last. 
but that's because it, it, they might cheat on each other a lot. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not about, we're not looking at the religious aspects or the fidelity aspects. We're looking at the money, money, money. If you're married, you tend to be financially secure. The more educated you are, the more likely you are to be married and financially secure. Now, a lot of people would tell you that the connection is education to financial security. That is not what the numbers suggest. The numbers suggest two-income households tend to have more money. This is why homosexual male couples are the richest entities in this country. They do very well financially, okay, because they have two high incomes with no children. So they got lots of money floating around their house. It's the marriage thing. And notice what it's pointing out. It's pointing out that if you want to keep kids out of poverty, you should encourage marriage. Now, is that what we hear all the time in the media? No, more money, more welfare. That's not the solution. And we're going to see that in the headlines that I'm going to share with you. And this is the solution we're being sold goes counter to the evidence that's been available to us from the studies that have been done and from the raw data and the statistics that are available to us. You're talking to the sociologist today, but the philosopher's also sitting up here in the corner right here, you know, whispering into the sociologist's ear, you know, me, you know. So what I'm looking at is, I'll I'll bring all this together at the end of the show. I promise. But I want you to hang on with me, man. You're going to have to keep lots of little plates spinning in your head here. Have the decline of marriage. And at the same time, we realize that marriage is connected to financial stability. Okay. So we, what we're having is the decline of financial stability, especially amongst the less educated. What this article that we just read is telling you is we're creating a two-tiered system. No middle class. The middle class is being eliminated. Why? Well, if you want to have a new aristocracy where everybody is serfs and then you have this new aristocracy that isn't necessarily by birth, but by choice through the, you know, elite Ivy school system, you know, the Woodrow freaking Wilson aristocracy, this is what you have to do. You got to eliminate the middle class. And remember We've had good little communists tell us that the way to eliminate the middle class is to grind them between the millstones of taxation and inflation. Do we have high taxation in this country? Yep. Do we have high inflation in this country? Yep. So we're grinding the middle class between those two millstones. You think that's intentional or just an accident? If you think it's an accident, Mm, I'd like to know how to live in the world you're in because it'd be happier, I guess. But I happen to believe that there's a great deal of intent in it. Now, we're going to go to another story. This one is from The Atlantic. Now, you have to subscribe to be able to read the full story, and I'm not going to subscribe to these people, but there's enough here to get the idea. This story goes back to November of 2013, and the title is more than enough. The slow death of traditional families in America. More than 20% of non-college grads are raising their kids alone. And it goes over how the families are dying. I wonder why. Well, there's something going on in this statistics that they won't tell you. We'll get to it later. 
trust me, these stories were put in here selectively for a reason. Now, from Psychology Today, February of 2014, why are educated people more likely to be atheists? Okay, Joe, what's this got to do? Pay attention, boys and girls. This is not nothing. It says, if religion is essentially a mechanism for dealing with unpleasant emotions, it can be most useful for those with more difficult lives, meaning the poor. You know, it's the opium of the masses, of the poor. Well, thank you, Mr. Marx. Not true, but we'll get to that. Future economic development could contribute to a decline in the importance of religion. The elevation of the emotional aspects of religions, religious beliefs over intellectual ones may function as a form of emotion-based coping. So what they're basically going to tell us is if you're not properly educated and you don't have a good job, you're going to be religious because it just helps you deal with the fact that you're a peon. You're just a little surf. Well, there's a lot to that. There actually is. But there's something else going on here. The more educated you are, the more likely to not be religious. Mm, Y'all do realize that's a relatively new happenstance in the world, right? Used to be the more educated you were, the more likely you were to be religious. You know, all the Ivy League schools in this country today were originally founded as Christian universities. A lot of them were actually founded as seminary schools. And they produced very strong believers. You know, all, all the, for the most part, the people who created what we now call science, you know, rational, very educated individuals were believers in the Bible. Newton, physics, gravity, all that stuff. He wrote more about the book of Revelations than he ever did about physics. John Locke, first and second treaties on government. He wrote more about the book of Romans than he did about government. I can go on and on. Madame Curie, Louis Pasteur. I can go on and on and on and on and on. All these people. They're, they're religious people. And they were educated. So why is it that today education, it, it more, more educated you are today, the less likely you are to be religious? Well... Woodrow John freaking, freaking Dewey. Dewey and Woodrow freaking Wilson. Yes, there you go. Yes, exactly. By design. So if the more educated you are, the more likely you are to be married. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily fidelity. This isn't a religious marriage. This is a marriage of convenience, which means an aristocracy's marriage. If you ever really want to get into some really weird stuff, go read about the the old aristocracy, the the royalty in Europe. There was a lot of hanky panky going on there, not just with the guys fooling around, but also with the wives fooling around. And half the time they didn't see each other for years on end because they'd be separated physically. You know, one of them in one country, one in another. Read into some of what went on there, some of the intrigue. Go back in time. Okay, they, they, those weren't religious marriages. Those were marriages of convenience, which leads to things that, you know, what we would call an open marriage today. Back then, it could get the wife killed, but, you know, off with her head and everything, you know. But this is not nothing. Pay attention. What we have right now, not causation, but we have a correlation. Higher the education, more likely you are to be married, 
an atheist and not poor. Those are correlations. That doesn't mean that they call, one causes the other. That just means they're somehow or another associated. Now, before the end of the day, I'm going to argue that there is a causal factor here that, and it's going to probably be one that you might not be looking for or thinking about. But we'll see. Hang on. I don't think you're going to think I'm as crazy as you might be. All of this is related, and it's going to be related related to even more. Here's the next story, also from Psychology Today. This one is from November 2014. Again, why education corrodes religious faith. Hmm? See, now, if you go back down here, the first one was, why are educated people more likely to be atheists, and why does education corrode a religious faith? Both of them in the year 2014. And then it's going to go over basically the fact that education makes you more rational. And the more reasonable you are, the less likely you are to have to be religious. You know, because that religion is hocus pocus and it's it's not based in reason. This individual who wrote this, uh, Phil Zuckerman, PhD, must not have read the Bible. The Bible doesn't tell you, Joe, it tells me to have faith. Yes. But faith based in reason. What? Yeah, the Bible tells you to have faith faith based in reason. Charlie, does it not tell me to be ready to give a defense for my faith? Absolutely. And a defense, that's an apologetics, right? Yes. That is a creature of logic right there, folks. Apologetics is logic. The Bible tells me I better be ready to use logic to defend my faith. So what we have here is high-level education telling you that the smarter you are and the more educated you are, the more the less need you have of religion. This is called indoctrination. This is not reason because it goes against the, the, the objective facts of what's at least in the Bible. Now, if you want to argue that the Bible is faith and not religion, well, that's a different argument. Now we're going to be into semantics, and I might listen to you because you'll be on to something. But for the purposes of today, I'm starting to see causation here. The more you are exposed to John freaking Dewey and Woodrow freaking Wilson, the more you've been programmed to think that you're too smart to be religious. And now you're going to be married because that's going to make for a good little, you know, I'm ugly, so I got to go into politics. My wife is beautiful, so she's going to go be in Hollywood. But we're going to intermarry. Or one of us knows how to do things, so you're going to go into industry because you can actually make it happen. And I like to tell the world what I got to do for what they're going to do for a living. So I'm going to go into education. So I'll go into politics too. In the education bureaucracy. And we all intermarry. And the next thing you know, all of these supposedly divided at odds, separation of powers things in our society are now united politically. Now, does anybody remember that the anything about how the royalty used to unite different countries in Europe by intermarrying politically? Or even in the Middle East, you would make alliances by intermarrying. Y'all remember how that worked? Do you see how they've done the exact same thing to the social structures and governmental structures of our country? Well, maybe not because you haven't looked into how intermarried these people are. That'll be Thursday when we talk about the conspiracy. Okay. So just 
Hang in there, folks. Hopefully, before the end of today's first hour, some of this will be starting to click for you. Okay, so this was 2014, right? Now let's go to November of 2014 again. How welfare undermines marriage and what to do about it. Again, this is where you gotta, you can read the full report by clicking on this. This is another one of these um, longer reports. This is a study, folks. This is from the, from the Heritage Foundation. And here again, single parents, this is statistics we've already seen. This is from their study. But now what they're focusing on is not about poverty for children. Now we're looking at how welfare undermines the institution of marriage. Why would welfare undermine the institution of marriage? Well, it used to be you got married so you could afford your children and so that you wouldn't be in poverty and so that you had a better chance of surviving as a society. Marriage was not done because we loved each other. Historically, before the last 200 years or so, when we started doing romantic marriage, historically, marriage was a survival mechanism for the world. Because an individual running around, unless you were Grizzly Adams, you had a hard time living on your own. Okay? If you're in Bible times and you're an unmarried man, you got to do all your own chores. You're going to be looked down on in society. You're going to have a harder time having a business. Because it's going to be looked at, you don't have a wife? What's wrong with you? And, and it, that's how they're going to look at you. What's wrong with you? What did you do wrong? This is mar- It's this way throughout history. But as we're going to see before the end of today, well, marriage is just, you know, it's white structural racism, right? Yeah. Hold on. It gets pretty today. This is all cute. So why would marriage help us? How does welfare destroy marriage? Well, that was easy. And we're going to see that before the end of this week as well, but we might get to it today. But this is LBJ. If you have a husband, I'm not going to give you welfare because I expect him to support the family. If you don't have a husband, I'll give you X amount of money and I'll give you more for every a child that you have. So what is the incentive? I have incentivized single parent families. And in the process, I've divorced the man from any responsibility to his child. I've destroyed the family by introducing welfare. Well, as we're going to see, they're figuring out how to do this society-wide, not just within the welfare ranks. This is not a racial issue. I was in sociology school, 1993, I think this was, Blick Turner, social statistics class. He tried to convince the class that most people on welfare at that time in 1993 were black. The problem is the numbers he gave the class said that most of them were white, primarily in the Appalachian regions. Charlie, how do we say that? Appalachian or Appalachian? Depends on where you live. Uh, That's what I thought. But they were mostly coal miners in that region, and they were white. And he made the mistake of comparing a whole number to a percentage, direct comparison. And when I scoffed at him, he tried to explain to me that I didn't understand because he had epidemiology. You know, that's what his doctorate was. And he knew numbers. He'd been at it for nine years. He He knew more than me. Well, at this point in time, I had recently dropped out of my engineering classes 
to become a philosophy and sociology majors so that I could go to law school. Well, I only lacked, I, I lacked less, less than a semester to have my engineering, mechanical engineering degree. And I knew what he had done wrong. And he handed me the chalk. And 30 seconds later, the class was laughing at him because according to his own numbers, 51% of all people at that time on welfare were white. So this is not a racial issue. This is a socioeconomic issue. If government gives you money to raise more and more and more children, but you cannot have a man in your house, or you don't get the money, I am subsidizing single parenthood and the destruction of the family at the same time. If you think the people who are doing this do not realize what they're doing, you are wrong. They know exactly what they're doing. I've seen the studies. They knew what they were doing before they set the policy. LBJ put this into place. And if you look it up, He'll say that he was going to have the black community voting Democrat for the next hundred years because of the policies he was setting up. And they'll tell you that's not what he said, that that's a false quote. Go look into LBJ. It's probably very true. I'm not saying you tell you for sure it is. I'm just telling you that if you knew the man and you knew the people who were behind the welfare system, he was setting up under his quote, quote unquote, great society. They knew what they were doing how and why they were going to do it. And before the end of this show, uh, I'm probably going to show you enough proof in the headlines to suggest that I'm not wrong. They knew what they were doing. Go to the next story. This is Pew Research. Now we're December of 2015. Jump ahead a year. The American Family Today. And again, they're going to show you not only about poverty levels and the growing single-family household, they're going to show you about mixed families where you've got children living together from previous, you know, step stepbrothers and stepsisters raising up in the same house. This creates problems within, within family structure too. There's lots of statistics in here. We're not going to go through it, but this is going to be Hispanic and less educated and more educated. The socioeconomic, you know, the economics, your social status, your financial status, your religious status, and your marital status, all of these things are connected to, to through marriage. Marriage is the common denominator here. Whether or not you're married, it's not education level. It's not how much money you have. It's not whether or not you're religious. It's whether or not you're married. Marriage is the common denominator. If I break up your marriage, it doesn't matter how educated you are. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. I'm going to start creating the same problems in society. Rich single parents have the exact same problems with their children that poor single parents have. There, there's some studies I was not able to share with you today. Why? Because y'all wouldn't, and I don't mean this to be derogatory, Unless you have specific training, unless you're somebody like your classmate T-Rex or maybe Barbara, um, you're not going to understand how to read the abstracts or the studies themselves. They're scientific studies. They use a lot of mumbo-jumbo language, pseudo-medical and um, sociological and psychiatric language. So unless you've, you're used to this and you have some practice in it and you're used to reading things that are mind-numbingly, eye-bleed boring putting those links up there would have done you no good. I've waded through some of them and even I hate reading the dang things, but I know what I'm reading. The point I'm bringing this up for is 
the <clears throat> the quote unquote they the powers that be <clears throat> know exactly what they're doing because they've had this data for years and they know that there's a correlation between all of this. The point is they're looking to destroy marriage. Just a second here, folks. Good dead air here for a moment. Sorry, having a hard time with the voice today. I apologize, but we're going to soldier on and get through it. The next story I have for you, we're going to go back to the Pew Research Center again. This time we're in uh, April of 2017, so we've jumped a few years. In America, does more education equal less religion? Overall, U.S. adults with college degrees are less religious than others, but this pattern does not hold amongst Christians. Hmm. I wonder why, because it's like what I told you earlier, education and religion are not correlated. They might be correlated, but they're not causally connected. Unless of course, we're talking about social engineering and indoctrination. Now, this study comes from 2017. What we do know as a fact is that more and more Children from Christian families are going to college and coming back out of college no longer Christian. That's indoctrination. It's an indication of indoctrination within the school system. The school system, the, the, the teachers and the peer pressure from the less religious students and the whole structure within the college is being intentionally geared to get you away from your Christianity. Why? Well, what did... John freaking Dewey tell us. Woodrow Wilson as well. We want to create a new religion. Man is God. And the teacher or the professor is the prophet of this new religion. You know, the priest. Well, John Dewey said that, but Woodrow Wilson didn't. Yes, he did. He said it's his goal to make the children as unlike their parents as possible. And he was talking about religion as well. And have we not have, when you were here on our conspiracy theory days, where we read the quotes from the past, were you here in any of those classes where we read the education secretaries or whatever, the, the big wigs and national education movement back from the 1970s saying that all students come to the schools nowadays mentally handicapped because they believe in religion and patriotism. And, and, and they say that they've got to cure the students of these of these handicaps. We, this is where the classes all start to support each other. You've got to have these pieces of the puzzle for them. They'll all start clicking into place. Joe, you're just hand-waving and connecting string. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Because Woodrow Wilson and John Dewey both said this is exactly how they were going to use the school system. So that when I see stories affirming that they have succeeded, Back in the 1910s, they tell me what they're going to do. And now in 2010 and 2015, I see where it's effective and they're telling me that it has worked. Then that's actually causation. This is affirmation of the causation. We're starting to actually connect dots now, boys and girls. And what are we still after? It's got nothing to do with education is going to make you an atheist or it's going to make you richer or, or going to make you get married. It's about marriage. See, the less religious you are, the easier it is for you to live without getting married or to live without worrying about whether or not you're homosexual or bisexual. 
the less religious you are, the easier it is for me to destroy what it is I'm really after to destroy because you have no fear of God. Now, how many of y'all have been in? Charlie, I just got Friday's show. <laughs> this all week, this whole week is going to be tied together to this theme today. Oh, I see the spirit moving upstream. He's been working ahead of us. <laughs> what is the primary uh, building block of society in the Bible, Charlie? Can you help me with that? It's the family. So if I want to destroy a, a Bible-believing society, what do I go after? The family. And do you see any signs or indications yet today in the headlines we've been reading over the last few years where there might be a destruction of the family? Oh, no, no. They wouldn't be doing that. Well, I mean, they wouldn't be actually intentionally causing it, right? No, no. That, that would be absurd. Okay. Well, so if I come up with some stories before the end of the day, then maybe we would have to change our mind? Perhaps. Okay. Well, let's see where we get today. Thank you, Charlie. All right, folks, let's let's keep going. We're going to put this back here, and we're going to go to the next story. This one now is from Newsweek, The Case Against Marriage, August 2017. And they're going to make a case for why marriage is no longer necessary in Newsweek. Y'all remember the story about predictive programming? Remember the class about predictive programming where they start socially engineering society in the news and in our, our entertainment media? Well, married without children? Oh, no, Joe, it's married with children. No. How many of the shows out there are actually married without children? Remember Different Strokes? And all, all these different sitcoms that show you that it's okay to have a one-parent family and they, they're going to be just normal. But they are not. This is all social programming, folks. But here's where they just, it, it, they say it's entertainment, right? It's Newsweek in the entertainment section. The case against marriage. They just flat out come out and make an argument against marriage. And now here's a story from uh, Ocean Lakes High School, The Current. This is a high school paper. The destruction of nuclear families revealed in statistics so even in a high school paper they're telling you oh my god this nuclear family is being destroyed so high schoolers are, are getting it oh and that was from i don't remember some i forget the year on that one it's before 2020 we're back to the atlantic again if the nuclear family has failed what comes next and this is from february of 2020 it says many americans are reimagining life at home, exploring models of kinship and community that might help more people flourish. This is another pro-modern family article. And The Atlantic is a progressive think piece magazine. This is where the, the movers and shakers in Hollywood and, and the CEOs and politics, and if you're progressive, this is where you go to get some of your ideas. The nuclear family failed. It did it. Well, capitalism has failed. Has it? Or has it been destroyed and then you blamed it on capitalism? Has the nuclear family been destroyed and then you say it failed? Just because you make that claim doesn't mean it's true. The nuclear family has not failed. It works every time it's tried. But has failed is the social, political support for the nuclear family. Because it's been decided, we got to get rid of it. Well, why did they decide? Who decided? When did we vote on getting rid of the nuclear family? 
Serious, when did you vote on that? Do you remember voting on that? Can anybody show me in history when we voted on that? You did vote for this. Boys and girls, you did vote for this. Do you remember when you voted for this? Does anybody remember when we voted for this? When you started voting Democrat and Republican. What? The Republicans are for the family. No, they're not. No, they're not. Every time that they've been in a, in a majority, both houses and the presidency, where they had the power and the opportunity to take positive steps to protect the family, they have failed to do so. They're guilty. The church is at fault too. They'll they'll do gay marriages. They'll not teach against divorce. Well, sometimes, you know, it's just better for the children. It's always for the children. We no longer support the institution of marriage in this country. The no-fault divorce is one of those things. Yeah, but it's not good for you to stay married if you hate each other. You know what? That used to work for decades, for eons, centuries, hundreds of years, thousands of years it worked. You stayed married anyway just because that's what you did. A vow is a vow. It was about society, not your happy, happy feelings, which meant it was important to decide whether or not you wanted to marry this person. That was an important decision. You, you didn't enter it lightly like we do today. Society. Chaos grows because we've destroyed society. We're undermining society. This is intentional. The headlines are telling us this is intentional. You know, back in the day, you know, uh, even even in our society, if a young man was courting your daughter, uh, he would actually come to the father and ask the father for her hand in marriage. I mean, we, we didn't have arranged marriages, but at least we had that semblance still in society. But today, we, we don't we don't have any of those controls or anything. So, you know, you, you, you just go to Vegas and, and get hitched on a whim and, you know, and and it's created marriages that are disposable. Yeah, Charlie, but it's okay as long as you get married at the uh, at, at the Elvis Presley um, Chapel in Vegas. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's where I want to take uh, Gummy Bear and get married. No, I, I understand. This is <laughs> it, it, when you look at this from from the surface level. This looks like it's not connected, not coordinated, not planned. But how is it that we don't see a reversal? Why is there never pushback on any of this stuff? Why does the flow, why is the vector always one direction, Charlie? Well, you're going to get to that. Yes, but <laughs> when whenever I look but at something like this and I see that the push always ends up going in one direction, one direction, what does Occam start to suggest that means? Yeah, you've got a vector. Yeah, you've got a vector. And if you've never been, if you haven't ever had one of been in one of those two classes when we covered velocity vectors, it's a sociological term here in this case. And what we're talking about is you've got an indication that there's a there's planned, there, there's a there's a, a campaign or an agenda at work in society here. The vector means we're always moving in that one direction. It means it's being aimed, directed, orchestrated. Yeah. Now, two questions. What's the purpose or goal? And who the heck is organizing it? Good questions. I think we'll get to it before the end of this week is over. Yeah. Comment on the board from Ray, uh, Ray 13T. Marriage is supposed to be a commitment, not a feeling. Yes, correct. Love is a commitment, a dis decision, and a choice, if you're reading the Bible. Yes, but, Natasha? But Joe, 
You're supposed to follow your heart. Haven't you ever watched the Disney movies? That's what the natural man does, and that's no different than being an animal. Beep. <laughs> I'm starting to realize that the last few... If you've been in class since this summer, these shows actually, since last summer, we've actually been on set. We've been doing good work, Charlie. We've been on a central theme. These things are knitting together. I don't know how many yeah. of y'all are seeing them, but the fireflies are just lighting up in my head from shows we've done, folks. Yeah, I know. I'm creating a cult. I know. I know. Let's let's get back to the show. Hey, this one here, back to psychology today. This is from February of 2020. The nuclear family was no mistake, a response to David Brooks. It says, we're growing more disconnected, but the nuclear family isn't at fault. Now, you might want to read this. This is actually going to come out a month before the next one I have. David Brooks has an article out at this time, back in 2020. And what's going on in February of 2020? Charlie, do you remember what was going on back then? Anybody remember February, March of 2020? Hmm. Was that was that the beginning of, of the, the lockdown end? and COVID? Yeah, of the end. Yes, oh, oh, beginning. I mean, yes, <laughs> yeah. It was the beginning of the Great Reset. Hmm. Evil boasts. They told us right out in front of us that they were going to reset everything. They're making a whole new world. It's a brave new world, too, folks. Look at here. This is the Atlantic again. Back to the Progressive magazine, right? This one's going to be a month later. This is March 2020. Now, this is by David Brooks. He had his study out already, and he's saying that the nuclear families failed. Well, that's psychology today. He said, no, it hasn't. Well, now he's going to come out in the Atlantic, in the Progressive Magazine, and he's going to make his arguments. Yeah, it has. He says, the nuclear family was a mistake. The family structure we've had up, we, we, we've held up as a cultural ideal for the past half century has been a catastrophe for many. It's time to figure out a better way to live together. March 2020. Uh, okay. A little bit of dead air here. Why I try very hard to restrain the gunny in me that wants to start luring a string of expletives here. It's supposed to be a family-friendly show, so I can't do that. It's Mr. David Brooks person. Let's just put it this way. I would like for Mr. Brooks to meet Mr. Singer. And I'm going to tell Mr. Singer that Mr. Brooks has no concept that he exists into tomorrow. And we'll let Mr. Singer take care of the problem for us. If you haven't been in class, you don't understand what I just suggested. If you've been in class, that was a very fancy way to get around the censors. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie's laughing his head off because he figured out what I just said. How many of y'all were in class? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's just, I, I, no words. I'm, I'm sorry. No words. Next article. Pew Research Center again. As family structures change in the U.S., a growing share of Americans say it makes no difference. And then you can go through all these statistics, but what we're finding out is eh, people don't care. Really? 
why would it be that the opinion of the American people is that I don't, yeah, eh, Heather has two mommies, Johnny has two daddies, you know, blended families, single family, eh, just, just, you know, whatever. Programming. Yes, that started in the 1970s with the hippie movement. And who was behind that? The Russians, primarily, with a lot of help with Americans, traders within our borders, because they're communists. And what was going on at the time? Well, we had this man trying to tell us what was going on, but we we told we had the guy on TV said, "Mr. McCarthy, have you no shame?" So we had to we had to cancel Mr. McCarthy, and then years later we find out he was right about everybody he accused, and about everything he was trying to warn us about. But the Council on Anti-American Actions in this country was shut down because it was getting in the way of this agenda. Secular humanism. That's what this is. Everything we're covering today is secular humanism. It's an agenda. It, it struck the water. Charlie, this is for Wednesday. It's a mountain. It's a, it's a kingdom. It's a burning mountain. It's got a gospel message. It's got a teaching. It's a kingdom that struck the ocean, struck the waters, meaning the masses of people in the world, and poisoned the water, meaning the gospel, at the fountainhead, meaning the source, God. And a third of the world's fish in the water have died. The fish or people have died spiritually. Hmm. I wonder why I might call this wormwood. The prophetic language. Eh, we'll get to that Wednesday. It's got nothing to do with today's show at all, right? Well, hang in there. Maybe it does. But the family structure changes and nobody seems to care. Folks, the only way that happens is if you've been programmed not to care anymore. That's that that right there is an indication that they are succeeding. They're destroying marriage and they're succeeding. Just what the title of the show today says. They their campaign is succeeding. Social engineering. So now we're going to go to town hall. This is August 5th, 2020. The collapse of the traditional American family. So we're going to see all of these statistics with the collapse of the family. And it started in the poor communities, black and Appalachian. You know, um, it succeeded wildly in the black communities, but we'll get to that. But here's another story in August of 2020. And now we're going to have the United States Census Bureau. How do people in same-sex couples compare to opposite-sex couples? This is from April of 2021. And it says, larger share of people in same-sex couples have graduate or professional degree than people in opposite-sex couples. See how they're trying to link this to education again? Well, the more educated you are, the more likely you are to be homosexual or bisexual as well. What? Yes. I can't share that story with you because that's I, I can if you want. I'll get it for you. But that's one of the stories that's, that's a uh, an abstract and a study that's difficult to read and then when they're done with it they make the case but they won't say that there's a reason for it they don't want you to see what they're doing just yet but this is the u.s census bureau so the more educated you are the more likely you are to be in a homosexual relationship which means the more likely you are to be rich what's going on with this rich thing or financially secure okay this is an unapologetically bible-based viewing world in, in this show, Ephraim, why did Ephraim get in so much trouble? 
because he had money, 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 and military might, baby. He could do it all on his own. He loved to work. Ephraim is a trained heifer. He loves to thrash, baby. He works and he says, I did this myself. I got a bull on Wall Street and I got the world's biggest, baddest military. I did it myself. Yeah, you want to be a dink. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're financially secure, you are more likely to say you did it yourself. And if you did it yourself, you don't need God, right? So now you're more likely to be non-religious or an atheist. And the next thing you know, you are a full-fledged member of the secular humanist religion. So you are very religious. And you didn't even see it coming. You got recruited and converted. And you didn't see it coming. And you're insulated because you did it yourself. Nobody, nobody tricked you into a religion. You're just, you know, self-made. Pulled yourself up by your own bootstraps. Okay, let's see what else we got here on the uh, on the show. Got another story. Again, Pew Research Center. Rising share of U.S. adults are living without a spouse or partner. And this one is from uh, October 2021. Still rising. That's the point. The point is it started back around the turn of the century. Now we're two decades later, still increasing says, on key economic outcomes, single adults are prime working age, increasingly lag behind those who are married and cohabitating. In other words, we're still in poverty because we're single adults. And then the children are in poverty too. So that's what that's about. And it's accelerating. So this is from uh, the Thomas Fordham Institute. The American family is still coming apart. July 2022, telling us that nothing's changed. Uh you should read some of the, if you go through some of these, you should read some of the links that are in these stories as well, folks. Now we're going to go to the guardian and this is a uh, one year old. This is from 13. This is from September, 2022 record number of young people in Japan rejecting marriage survey shows. Now, if you've listened to this show, you've heard this before the rise in people aged 18 to 34 who don't intend to marry has consequences for Japan's low birth rate and depopulation concerns. Deep, Charlie, <laughs> did we just stumble into the depop movement? <sighs> Charlie, what was How the did that happen? the first institution in the Bible was the marriage, right? Adam and Eve. Uh, yeah. What was the first commandment given to them? To multiply and be fruitful here. and multiply. So if I want to do away with the family and decrease the pop, do you think we might be dealing with a cosmic or spiritual war here? What? Huh? No, it couldn't possibly be that. I mean, come on, that God thing's ridiculous, right? Right. But you're you're talking about Japan. We had the same problem in the United States, and it's called fail to launch. Yes, but now in Japan, especially in male children, today. you know they they don't apply because they're they're Asian, right? They're an Eastern yeah. culture, right? Not since World War II. Not no. so much. Yeah. They are very Americanized very over Westernized there. Westernized over there. Yeah, more so than they like to admit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can go ahead and tell yourself, boys and girls, that this has got nothing to do with anything. All right, whatever. <clears throat> Infidelity statistics, 2023, how much cheating is going on? This is April 14th, 2023. The cheating is going up in this country, big time, especially in the Western world, period, but especially in the United States. And guess who's starting to cheat more than men? Women. 
uh, in some surveys, more women are cheating than men. That is his, that's a historical anomaly. In the past, it was always men that cheated. Very seldom did the women cheat. Not so much anymore. We're going to run over on the break just a little bit. I want to finish the stories I have for you before we go to the break. This is related, folks. The, the cheating is related to what we're talking about here. This is an attack on the marriage. This is an attack on, on family life and things like this. Now we're going to go to Forbes. Here's how Americans really feel about the LGBTQ issues. And this is going to be from uh, June of 2023, last year. And when you look into it, about 71% of the country are like, eh, ho-hum, who cares? Uh, not only 100 years ago, that would have been like 90% of, 95% of the country would have been, uh-uh, no. This is social engineering, and it's succeeded. And the more you push the LGBTQ issues, the more you attack the family. Back to the Pew Research Center. And uh, this time, September 2023, the modern American family, key trends in marriage and family life. And we will see that they continue to decay. And then finally, we will have the Guardian before we go to the break. Dump this. It's from December of 2023. This year, women said enough to modern marriage. And that story is about how not just here in the United States, but also over in the UK and the Western world, women have decided they don't want to be married anymore. Not in the modern sense. Let me ask you a question, boys and girls. How do you hold a Western style society together without marriage? And you know what you end up with if you have loosey goosey marriage and just people, just whatever they want to do. You're back in the surf world. Cause you know, when you had slaves in this country, well, you know, Thomas Jefferson played around with his slaves. All the masters did. Well, that's because they were slaves. Well, if I have a new self-appointed aristocracy called the modern elite and everybody else are slaves, serfs, because, you know, there's no more middle class, uh, does the handmaid's tale come to, to come to anybody's mind all of a sudden? Have you all noticed that most of the things that affect the lesser people that are killing off the people in the world is it's affecting the men. Autism, mostly male. Myocarditis from the jab, mostly male. Alzheimer's and mental diseases like that, primarily, large part, disproportionately male. Men tend to die off quicker anyhow to begin with because we're a little stupider in women. We do things we shouldn't do. War. Things like that. Homosexuality is more prevalent amongst most men than women. So we're getting rid of all of the competition for the females, which will leave them for the self-appointed elite. And you think that The Handmaid's Tale was just entertainment? Have you been watching this show for any length of time? You still think what you see in the movies and read in your books is just, just entertainment? Silly webbits. When we come back, I start tying this together for you. See you in six minutes.
Okay, before we get going in this second hour, I want to make sure I get something very, very clear here with y'all. We're about to get into an area that in our day and age can be sensitive on a personal level. And I know for a fact that there are several members in the class today listening or who will listen to this show that this is going to hit a little close to home for them. I am trying very hard to be very clinical in what I'm going to, what are, where we're about to go. And I'm going to try very hard not to, I want to be as diplomatic and tactful as I can, but the nature of what we're about to discuss can be hard for some people. I apologize for that. Um, it's not intended, but at the same time, y'all know me by now. I don't run from the third rails. I'll tackle it head on. This has got to be addressed what I'm about to share with you. I also want to share the fact that I have done some extensive research in certain areas of what I'm about to share with you. Research when I was in college, and then I ran into it again in um, the first decade of the 2000s when my kids were up till about 2015, when my children were still in high school. So there's some things I'm about to share with you that I know as a fact is real. And there are abstracts I could share with you that show you this. They're difficult to read. They're psychology and sociology papers, but this is true. And this is connected to where we're about to go. And if you've been in previous shows, some of this is going to start, ah, I get it. Okay. So please, nothing here is aimed at anybody. Nothing here that's about to follow is meant to harm or hurt but I know that some of it's sensitive and some of it might hurt some feelings. I get that. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. And I hope, hopefully you'll understand that I'm trying to deal with an issue here, not specific instances or cases. So the next story I want to share with you is here we go. This is from September of 20, 2006. It says more women experimenting with bisexuality, experimenting. Yes, they weren't born that way. I know you're told you're born gay or not gay. No, this is bisexuality. And this is primarily going to be a problem with the female community. And it started before 2006. This started, as near as I can tell, somewhere the very early parts of the 1990s. And I I stumbled into this when I was in college. And I started researching some of this and it got me into certain communities, both within the adolescent female community in high school and within the swinging community with adults, you know, adults that y'all know what I'm talking about. And what I found was that for the high school girls, experimenting with other girls had was starting in the 1990s was starting to become a rite of passage for them. And then the adults, it started there too. This wasn't connected. Now, by the time 2015 came around, it had merged. They, they one led to the other, but it had started within the swinging communities where it seemed to be that the female partners we're experimenting with bisexuality within that group too. And the social peer pressure in both groups had a lot to do with it. Now, where that peer pressure came from, I don't know. That's not the point. And that's not what I was focusing on in my paper, the, the work that I was doing. 
what I was focusing on was you weren't born that way. And boy, let me tell you, did this cause me a lot of heartache within my sociology and philosophy classes where a lot of the professors, I was hitting it home for them. They wanted, they insisted you're born that way. Well, there's a reason that they have to insist on this. And I'll get to that another time. That's not the point today. The point today, though, is that human sexuality appears to be fungible. It, 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 at least in some cases, it goes back and forth. Because in a lot of what I was studying, I didn't see it when I was in college, but I kept up with this over the years. And a lot of these, at least with the females, when they get older, or when, as soon as they leave the swinging community or when they get older and out of high school and out of college, that, that, that goes away. This seems to be something that's just related with those, with that social situation. And this is in the headlines, folks. It was there. This is NBC News. This tells you more women are experimenting with bisexuality. This is in 2006. Now here, this is from what? I don't see where they're from. But uh Getty Images, The Guardian. This is from The Guardian. And quote unquote, an explosion. What is behind the rise in girls questioning their gender gender identity? This is from 2022. And they're calling it an explosion. And this is girls who are wanting to transition to become men. Well, peer pressure. That's what I'm pointing at. The peer pressure that's behind this. They get caught up in the movement. And it's primarily females in this case. This is from 2022. And it has been an explosion. Now, this is from the New York Post, and we're going to go back to 2020, how peer contagion may play into the rise of teen girls transitioning. In other words, wanting to become, pretend to be boys. Okay, it's not just transitioning. It's also into the bisexual behavior, and I'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to go to psychology of human sexuality, Thomas Edison State University. This is one of those studies I told you about. This is actually an online book. You'll see over here, table of contents. This one will take you a while. This is something I've worked through, but this is a picture from a book. There's several books, scholarly books out, but this is a long piece. There are several scholarly books available to you. Now, if you want them, they take, they trace the history of psychology of human sexuality way back to all the way back to the Greeks. And that's what this book is. And I have a copy of it at home. And basically what it, what it concludes is eh, human sexuality, it, it can change from age to age as you, as you go through life. They even talk about how it, until they get married, a lot of Greeks, you know, it was not unusual for a Greek man to have a Greek boy until he decided to get married. And then the boy would go away and now he has a wife. And then he'd acquire concubines. And it had to be that the women even had to help the men transition into heterosexuality, et cetera, et cetera. But this book traces a lot of this. And what I've found is that your social setting is not, it's not determinative, but it is a heavy influence in your sexuality. And then if you're wanting to throw pornography into this mix, um, it gets even crazier. 
and I'm, I'm not even going to touch on pornography and the rise of pornography in the country right now, but this is associated to what we're dealing with right now. What I started with in the first hour, the attack on marriage, this is all connected to an attack on the institution of marriage, which is the fundamental, I mean, that is the bedrock of a society, of any functioning society, a natural law, natural rights functioning society. So we'll return back to some of the stories I've got for you. This one here you can find in your homework. Then you're going to find massive study finds no single genetic cause of same-sex sexual behavior. Analysis of half a million, half a million people suggests genetics may have a limited contribution to sexual orientation. This is where we start getting into trouble. This is where it becomes political. If what the studies are starting to suggest that the primary factor in sexual orientation is how you're raised, the, the, the social structure with, with what you're in, if it's, if it's a social norm, well, then, you know, when I've told you before in the past that in the 70s, they used to, up until the 70s, they used to treat homosexuality as a mental disorder, and they had very high, quote-unquote, cure rates. Well, all of a sudden, the political LGBT community has to have this as a genetic thing. Otherwise, they have a mental disorder. What? Yeah, do y'all, I don't want to, like I said, I'm going to be careful with this. Y'all understand, I don't want to go into that aspect today. That's not what I'm focusing on. What I'm focusing on is social pressure can be used to socially engineer large parts of society and push them in a direction. So the more homosexuality I have between men and women, the less birth rate I have, the more I destroy marriage. If I can destroy the birth rate sufficiently, I depopulate the globe. Is there any part of our population in this world that thinks that they have to depopulate the globe to save it? Yes, I think we've established that there are a lot of people in this world that think that way. Not a majority, but a lot. And I think we've established that a lot of them are in very powerful positions, powerful enough to actually do something to institute their ideas. Yeah, it's even been written in stone. Yes, before they tore it down. So y'all start to see what I'm talking about? This is not an accident. It's not just a correlation. I'm now giving you the stories that show you causation. What it doesn't show you is who's doing it or necessarily how yet. I'll show you the how. Then all we need is the who. So we're not done. You've got this story. Then you have this one. This is from BU Today. It says, nature versus nurture, the biology of sexuality. And medical professor uh, speaks tonight on what sexual orientation has genetic basis. This is going to be another case of, we don't know, so they say. But the, the, the society, the, the culture, the peer group you're with has a lot to do with this, folks. Now, crossing the threshold. This is from June of 2020. Rite of passage for teenagers. 
All right. Now what they're talking about is they're, they're going to get into more of the, um, not just homosexuality, but also transitioning, you know, transformers as our buddy, Steve Nichols will call them, you know, you're going to become a girl, going to become a guy, guy, going to become a girl. What I ran into and in up through when all my kids finally got out of high school, there was a rite of passage for girls in high school to have sexual encounters with other girls. And I was reading the numbers. It got as high as the high 60s to the low 70% of all girls in high school self-reporting to have had at least one full-on girl-on-girl sexual encounter, not just kissy-kissy-feely. They full-on sexual encounter up towards 70%. Folks, that is not a biological origin. That is a social social construct that's that's peer pressure right there but the girls were doing it and what they found out is most of them were doing it voluntarily and it doesn't seem to have been controlled by what quote-unquote religion you are in fact we're finding out that being christian does not inhibit the hookup culture the, the only religion that seems to get in the way of that right now is islam where you could get killed for doing that if you're female. You know, honor killings. There's no social cost for promiscuity anymore in our country. There's no there's no shame. There's no economic cost. We've removed the reasons not to do these things from our culture. And having followed this for a long time in my life the signs that this is by design are there the structure by which they're doing it i can identify that who that i I can give you some ideas but that's the part i don't i can't give you yet is the who i can give you the what and the how and the why i just can't give you the who so are you going to argue that I'm wrong? Yeah, the WHO has their hands in this. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's one of the who. Yeah, I guess that There's works. There's a lot of owls around here. Yeah. So I got another story I want to show you. And um, let's go over here. We're still on the same hunt, same track. This is from Reddit. And I don't see a date on here. Um, it's fairly recent. But this is, it says the destruction five years ago. Okay. Five years ago. Thanks. Harder for me to read here on this screen. Sorry. But the destruction of the family is a clear case of class warfare. Oh boy. Um, This is going over the rich and the poor. And this you'll read the links in this and you're going to start seeing that whoever this is a Jordan Peterson. Oh, I didn't even look at that. I should have recognized this. Yeah, Jordan Peterson's on it. He he gets it. Okay, so he's going to tell you this is clear case of class warfare. This is definitely a must read. Um, what I did is I just started reading it. I don't care who the authors are, folks. I don't. I'm looking for the information. This is a good piece. You should go read this later or look through the links. Then from the National uh, Center for Public Policy Research, 8 January 2014. LBJ's war on poverty hurt black Americans. What? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is written by a black author. Yes. So what this gentleman is going to do is tell you that LBJ's war on poverty and the social welfare system destroyed the black family. And it turned the black community into a pretty much monolithic voting block for whoever promises to give them more money. Now, this is not a skin color thing because it's not just the black community. It did this to whites as well. I've told you this. And to a large part, a larger the Hispanic population. That's part of what this undocumented immigrant, this is what the illegal aliens are all about. Did you see the story where Joe Biden said that 11 million illegal aliens are now Americans already? 11 million? If you put 11 more million votes into the U.S. electorate and you've got them on welfare, voting for the people promising to give them more money for free, you no longer have to worry about elections. You win forever and ever. Amen. You also jerry-rigged the states that where you put those illegal aliens in. Remember, up until Texas and Florida started bussing them up to the north, they were moving those people to previously red states. This is social engineering. And it's tied to what we're talking about today. The problem is some of these illegal immigrants they're bringing in, the family sides of them, the ones that are here for real reasons, even though they're still illegals, they don't want to break the family up because they're, you know, poor, married, religious Catholics. So they're not going to break. the. So that's getting in their way because those people will vote conservative. But let's put the politics aside. You got people of, of absolute monumental hubris thinking that they can socially engineer the American people to give themselves a people more in line with being ruled so that when they finish establishing their self-appointed elite aristocracy, they have serfs to rule over and there'll be no more middle class that gets in their way. Everything that you're seeing in our society is engineered to do this, to destroy the middle class so that you have elite and you have serfs. They want to go back to the feudal times. This story tells you what they did to the black community and how it happened, how they did it. It was intentional. LBJ knew what he was doing. This is going to be from the Washington Post. Now, I don't pay for this, but it's the headline I want you to see. Universal basic income has been tested repeatedly. It works. Will America ever embrace it? Problem is, universal doesn't work. We'll get to that in a minute. Here's another piece. It shows you. This is everywhere basic income has been tried in one map. You'll see the map right down here. It's been tried in the United States, South America, Africa, Europe, Scandinavian countries, in India, and even in China and Japan. Thing you're going to find out is universal basic income, an idea that's already been tried and failed from investors business daily. What is universal basic income? Well, if you'll agree to be my slave, I'll give you $1,000, $2,000 a month, and you don't have to work. You just do whatever you want to do. It's welfare for all, no matter what. You don't have to qualify for it. I just give it to you. Now, this idea has been around for a while. How many of you like science fiction movies? How many of y'all ever watched The Expanse? And I forget, it was in sci-fi TV or whatever, and then Amazon brought it. You know, Anybody like The Expanse? I read the books. I watched the movies. They have basic in there. You know, Amos, the character of Amos, he has to go back home and he's talking about how his, the lady who raised him was on basic or whatever. Those books go back decade now, a couple decades. This idea of basics is old. Basic is to do to 
all of America what they did to the black communities and the Appalachian communities. I'm going to make everybody poor, single family, poor, uneducated. I don't care about the religion there. That doesn't bother me. We're going to give you Chrislam for that. That's a religion we control. In other words, I'm just, see, here's the thing about poor people. If I give you just enough to keep you alive, you won't riot. And if it's just on the edge of having to stay alive, you're too busy staying alive to do anything else. Which is why stupid ideas like secular humanism always come from the middle and upper middle class and the wealthy. The leisure, well, you know, the leisure elites, the ones who, who don't have to work, mommy and daddy earned everything and pay my way. Everybody who ever, I mean, really, if you look into the movers and shakers of the secular humanist movement, all you're going to run into is people that were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Dreaming up better ways for the less fortunate to live that they will never place themselves under. So everything we're doing today in our show, everything I'm showing you today is connected to it. It's all social engineering. They're all, all of these stories are connected to undoing the natural order of the world, according to the way God creator of the universe set the world down to work. And there's an intentional hand in all of this. There is. So I've got a few more stories I want to show you. Now we're going to get into the part that we're going to come back to and we're going to cover in more depth on Thursday. But this is where it gets this good where it gets really fun. I'm just going to show you that this we're not going to read through these too much, but this is this is from a blog. It's a Thule Tide or Fuel Tide. The intentional destruction of white birth rates, leaked reports from Planned Parenthood, the Rockefeller Foundation, World Bank, U.S., NSC, including CIA, military, etc. What? Yeah, right. Well, we already know that Planned Parenthood was established to get rid of black births. What makes you think that they're not going to want to get rid of white births either? Especially when you realize that they're tied to the eugenics movement. The eugenics movement is tied to the Depop crowd. This is just a natural outflow. So we'll look into this later on Thursday and see if maybe there might be something to it or maybe there's nothing to it. But here's a holding the line with Dr. Fun Times. This is from a Substack or whatever. This is part one, the 1970s plan to destroy the nuclear family, the CIA, Planned Parenthood, Rockefeller. You know, it's what we just read. And then here's part two. And here's part three. And looky here, they have documents from the government. And we're going to look into this. We'll see, we'll, we'll see what they have to say on Thursday. We want to make sure that, you know, this isn't all just a bunch of crazy stuff, right? And this is the New England Journal of Medicine. How structural racism works, racist policies as a root cause of U.S. racial health inequities. Okay, what's that got to do with everything else you've been talking about, Joe? <laughs> structural racism. Everything can be tied to structural racism. Capitalism, uh, health inequalities, money. Families. Yeah. The nuclear family is structural white racism. Didn't you know that? The nuclear family was forced on the black community. Didn't, didn't you know that? Yeah. Let's see what we have here. This is from McLean's. How the nuclear family structure was forced upon present day black families. Huh? 
Andre Domais says that this structure not only eroded the modes that Africans had long thrived on and carried out in their traditions, it drove the production of social and environmental ruin. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I'm going to tell you right now, I know this is absolute fact. Do you know that before LBJ destroyed the black family, it was stronger than stronger the white than family. The white. Yeah, that's uh, what I was just. It was say. more it religious. It great, it may have been segregated, but it was economically sound, and it was strong. The black community was doing better than whites in general at the time LBJ started this, and that's because the whites had been been infected with communism, and the hippie movement. The black community had to be destroyed, and LBJ went after it using welfare. And yes, LBJ was a racist. This was all, this was another, this was a sociological Tuskegee experiment. Could they destroy the community through welfare? Yes, they now know it can be. We've shown you several stories that show this. And now what they're going to do is do it to everybody. And part of what this is, is all about how the nuclear family is structural white racism. Well, let me show you something else I've got for you. You can download this if you want. This is a paper. This is Black Lives Matter and the Public Rediscovery of Structural Racism by Susan B. Hyatt. And what you're going to find is Black Lives Matter was claiming that the white, the nuclear family is white racism and they had to get rid of the nuclear family. Black Lives Matter removes language about disrupting the nuclear family from its website. This is Yahoo News, September 2020. September, we're still in lockdown, folks. Imagine that. We're all locked down, but Black Lives Matter is allowed to run around the world without any problems, and nobody puts them in jail for being out and, you know, not social distancing. How many of y'all remember this? After the ball, how America will conquer its fear and hatred of gays in the 90s. This was a, this is a book. It's a blueprint on how to normalize the LBGTQ community. They followed it. I've got this book. Cost me a pretty penny. Notice that this one here is $96 used. That's actually cheaper than the one I bought, what I paid for. That's a good price if you want one. Go get it. This is on Amazon. Snag it quick. That book did a blow by blow. Here's how we start. And it started in the prisons. They always start somewhere where the bureaucracy has control, like the military or the schools, so that you and I can't stop them from doing what they want to do. And they normalized homosexuality. And they also started in the medical community, saying it's no longer a mental health issue. Yes, it is. It has always been, and it will remain so, because it's sociological more than biological, which is why they fight so hard to tell you it has to be biological. Because the minute you admit that it's sociological, which science points to, science, good, hard, actual, real science points to a psychological issue. The minute that happens, well, then you can, quote unquote, be cured. And that destroys the political movement that they're using this for. It destroys all the agendas that have been connected to it. Yeah, um... Water Jug said, I thought that I was making a joke when I typed this. Water Jug, during the break, I told Charlie you were ahead of the lesson plan. The only reason I didn't bring your original comment up and tell you that is because I didn't want to give away the, the bang for the buck before we got there. But yes, 
and now water jug you're joking about it but the fact that you got there and you're not the only one that got there before i tied the dots together for you tells you that we all arrived at the objective truth together independently which means i'm not brainwashing anybody or telling you what to think you're putting the pieces together yourself once i hand you all the pieces of the puzzle you're putting the puzzle together all on your own you don't need me to do that for you it's there the problem is very few of us have the time or the interest to collect the puzzle pieces the way i do now back to this book back to the ball they normalize sexual you know homosexuality this way guess what else that they're doing they're using the book they're using that book to do this a college professor is fighting to rebrand pedophiles as minor attracted persons an assistant professor of soci sociology and criminal justice at old dominion university alan walker that's one of these transitioned people it's a somebody who has one of these things going on in their world recently went online to discuss removing the stigma against adults who are sexually attracted to children pedophiles folks they're they're this is just one story and this is going to go back to 2021 they're well on their way to doing just that i've i've covered that on this show before i've covered the stories for you and i have shown you they're working on it they're doing it I've shown you they're going to use that same playbook. So once they have broken up the family and they've created an upper class and a lower class and the lower class can be used as chattel, just human animals, the upper class doesn't have to worry about them. We we're going to sacrifice our children to, to Moloch whenever, cause we don't care about them. They're just a burden on our lives. Homosexuality is going to run rampant. Sexual promiscuity is going to run rampant. Folks, you know, we're going to have pedophilia. Y'all know where we're back back to? Charlie, does it does this do you know of a book that would give us a title that tell us where we're back to? Yeah, there's some mythical book that was written a long time ago, said something about this guy named Noah or something. Yeah, back in the days of Noah, which would also be Return of the Gods. Yeah. Yeah. And if we're going to have Return of the Gods. This is the last picture I have on your homework for you. If you take all these stories I've shared with you today and you do the math, what do you get? Why, this, of course, Return of the Nephilim. And make sure you don't miss Thursday's show or you'll never understand why this isn't as crazy as it may sound. But tomorrow we're going to have to have a talk about mythology first. What exactly is mythology and how does it work and where do you get it and blah, blah, blah. Mr. Holt coming on the board. So they are trying to say that pedophiles are just born this way. Yes. It all has to be biological, Mr. Holt, because if it's a mental disorder, well, then you go to the loony bin rather than get to be president of the United States. Y'all see how this works? You've had a homosexual president of the United States, and now you have a pedophile president of the United States. On the road to see, we have a comment on the board. It says, of course, they choose maps. At one point, actual maps were used to guide us. <laughs> yeah. uh, maps, minor attracted persons. So, folks, that, that's my manic Monday. I now know why I was led to do this today.
I'm going to talk to you about myths tomorrow. And it's going to be setting up the show for Thursday. Wednesday's show is going to be about uh, the start a series on the prophets and the prophetic language in the Bible. And then Friday, I think we're going to go back to the founding fathers and we're going to see what they had to say about the, the link between order in society, a free and self-governing society and religion and morality. They're all linked and religion and morality is going to link to the family. They're connected. So if I'm attacking the family, I'm also attacking the ideas of religion and morality. All of this. It's almost, it's almost like the devil has been let out of his pit and he's running crazy. And it started in the early, you know, about 1945 because he knows his time is short. And he's taken us right back to the days of Noah. <laughs> Mr. Holt says your Monday shows have been putting me in some kind of mood lately. Hopefully I don't chase you from watching the show, William. Uh, Mr. Holt. Uh, sorry, James William Holt. Um, <laughs> Charlie says you're not alone, water jug. <laughs> hey, hey, trust me, folks. I'm not happy with these either. I, I was wanting to do a show on pushback because that's kind of happy, happy, joy, joy. We can see some people pushing back on things. But then half the half the stories I had on pushback, I'm not sure if they're real or if they're just part of the Kabuki theater. But at the same time, I just follow the happy bouncing ball wherever the Holy Spirit tells me to go. So I went here last night. And now this morning when I was finishing touches on this, getting ready for the show prep, I realized where we're going to go all week. And then I realized that this week will point you back to a whole bunch of other weeks. And it'll set the stage for next week when we're probably going to have to talk about Woodrow freaking Wilson and John freaking Dewey again. If you know what's going on, you can insulate yourself. We're going to be having a talk here in the near future about Edward Bernays and Woodrow Wilson and John Dewey. Edward Bernays. I'm coming to realize more and more that what's happening to us is nothing more than propaganda in the form of public relations and advertising. Like um, BB, my wife has started to get into holistic stuff, you know, getting away from all the chemicals in our, in our daily lives. Um, I found this one study, this type of yogurt that we sell here and in the, in, in Europe, in Europe, it's yogurt and one other, it's just two ingredients comes in a little glass jar here in the United States. It's got full of chemicals and preservatives and additives and all sorts of other junk. The Europeans don't let, they will not allow the American version of this yogurt to be sold over there, sold over there. They're healthier than we are. They're eating better. Fluoride in our toothpaste in our water is now being connected to Alzheimer's. Yes, because Alzheimer's is being connected to an accumulation of aluminum in the brain, which causes the brain to shrink into atrophy and, and it's being connected to fluoride. Well, guess what else is connected to aluminum in the brain? And they canceled the doctor that proved this. It's connected to autism. And guess what? One of the main preservative ingredients in our immunizations and our, our vaccines and all is aluminum. And they were putting aluminum in all sorts of things like your deodorant and everything else. This stuff is connected and they know what they're doing. They know what it's causing, but this is nudge. 
you're going to, you know, the average person is like, Joe, unless you can show me direct where if I take this, this shot, it causes me to have all, I don't want to hear it. No, that's not the way these folks work. They don't care who, who gets affected. They just care that on the macro, on the whole, they reduce the population. Yes, Mr. Holt, vaccines. Uh, there's a, uh, I, I got to go back and find his name for you again. I'm really bad with names, but there's an English doctor who proved that most of autistic, most autistic children, it's connected to the vaccines they were given. And he was able to bring them out of their autistic states. He could give them a shot. It didn't last forever. It lasted a day, day and a half. It was part of a chelation treatment or whatever, but they would act normal. Converse, it, nor, and as soon as this man started to publish his findings, he was canceled. He, you can't find him no more. He's been pushed into obscurity. That tells you that they know what they're doing. Remember what they did to Dr. Malone and, and to the Israeli doctor when they both came out and told you don't take the jab? Turns out both of those doctors were absolutely correct about everything they warned us about. And then it's not just Dr. Malone. There was another doctor. I can't remember his name either now. He was so canceled. He's gone. I can't even remember his name. He's, he's not even in. Malone has stayed persistent, but the other doctor went away. I don't even remember who he is now. I got, I've got articles saved back at the house. I could find him again. I know how to find it. Half of knowledge is knowing where to find knowledge. Yes, aluminum oxide is in aerosols. It's used to seed the clouds. It's used for a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but we have other heavy metals that are um, that are in our in our food and in our environment. And autism is ninety percent male. 90% male affects males. So whatever this is going on, it's, it's not nothing. Um, it's not nothing. It, it comes down to the who. I know what they're trying to do. I know why they're trying to do it. I know how they're doing it. They want to disrupt the natural order of society. And that's because they want to create enough chaos that they can remake the world, make a reset, reset the family structure, reset the economic structure, reset the world. They, it's right in their own, a new world order, a global reset. And why? So that they can prove that they are God. And how are they doing it? Through our social institutions, through your education, through a subversion of your government, through subversion of your religion, through subversion of your entertainment and news media, all of that. And through censorship, propaganda, constantly bombarding you. Now, what human being, and we've been on this path now for over 125, 135 years or more, what human being or group of human beings can stay in that lockstep that effectively for that long? Anybody? The founding fathers couldn't do it with this country. They couldn't stay in lockstep with each other in their own generation. That's why had they had the Anti-Sedition Act and, and uh, Madison and Jefferson went with the Louisiana Purchase, which was a no-no, and they started with a whole bunch of other things that they shouldn't have done, per their own arguments. They didn't end slavery. I mean, they couldn't be true to their own thought, thinking, but this secular humanist movement has been on target now since Marx first espoused it. So almost 200 years now. How does that happen? I've searched human history. I cannot find where 
uh, sociopolitical agenda has stayed this consistent and made this much gain and this much progress over that short a period of time, 200 years in history, consistently without any deviation through the generations. I can't find another example of it in, in, in history outside of the Bible. And in every case in the Bible, there's a spiritual hand behind it. I do the math and I come up with, okay, there's a spiritual hand behind what I'm seeing here. But it isn't a good spirit because this is chaos. This is deception. This is lies. <sighs> Mr. Holt says we, we were made in the image of God and the powers that be want us to just be beasts. Yes. The natural man as opposed to the man born from above, the higher order man, the man that is in align with the spirit world. So this is where I'm heading. And this is the whole week this week is going to be connected to this. I've noticed that I don't have as much pushback on the board anymore about me being a crazy kook as I did when I first started this show. Where'd all y'all go? Did all my skeptics disappear or have I converted some of you? <laughs> Natasha's uh, zapped them all. <laughs> Natasha got rid of them. <laughs> all right, Charlie, any comments? Uh, any any additions? Anything you want to bring up here before? Because I'm I'm talked out. I've gave you the lesson today. Uh, it's uh, it's another Monday. <laughs> I can quit doing manic Mondays. I mean, we did call it manic, right? Yeah, they're manic. All right. Everybody, run for your lives! There's a lobster loose. <laughs> you got to be manic, man. Um, am I? Am, am, yes. To quote the famous Buzz Lightyear. Fireflies, fireflies everywhere. Yeah, stupid people, stupid people. Oh, wait, did I say that? <laughs> All right, guys, let's get out of here. A few minutes early out of class, it's always always a good thing. You get a little extra time between now and your next class. You can go by your locker, hang out with your boyfriend or girlfriend, grab a Coke, and then get to class. We thank each and every one of you for being here. We love you all. We do this as a uh, labor of love and of service, both to you and to God. Hopefully it uh, is benefiting your life in some which kind of way. We don't want to depress you. That's not the point. The point is, if you see it coming, you might not get hit by it. Give you a chance to get out of the way or get ready to deal with it. I want you to understand what's going on, why you can be pretty sure that there's at least something to this. This isn't all crazy town. Uh, after tomorrow and Thursday, Today will make a whole lot more sense than it does, might might already make. But after tomorrow and Thursday, uh, Thursday, it'll make a heck of a lot more sense. So, and you'll you'll see why I look at it the way I do better than you ever have before. And Thursday, Doctor Evil might even show up. I'm going to need him to help explain Hydra to you. So, if you like what we're doing, please share the show with your friends, family, relatives, neighbors, whatever. Um, you guys are the way this show, unless somebody just stumbles across us, it's you or nobody. I don't push the show. I don't advertise it. So it's up to y'all get it out there. Tell your friends to get it out there. Just, um, introduce us the way whatever way you think is going to work. They need to watch us all the way through one show so that they can hear the arguments and then preferably for a couple of shows, hopefully in time, we'll start to grow on them, you know, like a fungus. Now, if you at least appreciate Charlie and Natasha, give us a thumbs up on most shows. Yeah. That means I agree with what you're doing. Not here, not here, not here, here. That's just, thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Charlie. Um, also, if you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show on rumble. 
And it doesn't hurt if you're also following along on Facebook because Facebook's starting to get some traction. We're picking people up through there. Uh, <laughs> I want Jive Talking Joe to show back up. <laughs> no, man, I have to leave that to Leslie Nielsen, <laughs> the airplane movie. All right, guys, we'll see y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be Teaching Tuesday. We're going to be talking about myths. What are they? How do they? How are they created? And we're going to do myths in relation to the Bible. Wednesday, prophets and the prophetic language, first of what should be three or four parts in that series. Thursday, we're going to be dealing with conspiracy theory, back to today's, today's um, stories and today's show. And Friday, we're going to see how the Founding Fathers might weigh in on this whole issue of attacking the social structure of our country and religion and what the net result will be. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.